Queer Theory is my boyfriend. Hi, hi, and welcome to Queer Theory is my boyfriend, an audio lecture slash discussion starter made in service of English 3321, literature and film, 90s new queer cinema. Views of this podcast are my own and do not reflect those of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Week three of this online alienating experience. Welcome. Queer times indeed, thanks Helferstam. This week, let's get intimate with some vintage homo pomo. Retro queer postmodernism with Leo Bersani's Is the Rectum a Grave, J. Jack Halperstamp's iconic In a Queer Time and Place, and Gregor Rocky's self-described irresponsible film, The Living End. What does it mean to be intimate in queer times or in queer spaces? How do queer folks make use of time and space differently, outside of heteronormative frameworks like the family, reproduction, inheritance, and safety, especially post-AIDS epidemic? What I really like about Leo Bersani's weird little essay is, number one, the title, Is the Rectum a Grave? And two, its position as a cranky 80s theory. Think about it less as a theoretical truth and more of a weird artifact from the past that gives us an insight into the history of queer thought. Published in 1987, Is the Rectum a Grave? thinks through how the ways we have sex generates politics and political potential. Fucking is political. And it makes politics possible for Bersani. The essay begins with a rather pessimistic view of sex, suggesting that no one really likes sex. And what if we lean into that negative idea? Most immediately, Bersani is responding to the deeply homophobic AIDS rhetoric deployed in the 80s. He tells the story of media coverage that invokes wishing death upon gay men who are HIV positive, the ways that HIV and AIDS are collapsed together, and the fantasies that gay men are having sex, quote, 20 to 30 times a night, end quote, with different partners. And that is an actual quote from an actual John Hopkins, actual medical school, actual person. So such discourse illustrates, quote, the hostility towards homosexuality legitimized by AIDS in the 80s, end quote. Part of what this does is to render gay men as killers, threats to the family and the public good. And families are ideologically constructed things, right? Bersani writes, quote, the definition of the family as an identity is inherently an exclusionary process, end quote. And public rhetorics and images of the family imagine homosexuality as so far outside of it and even dangerous to it. So what makes homosexuality so threatening? Burstani has some thoughts, um, obviously AIDS, but what if it's the very mechanics of sex and anal intercourse? He turns to notoriously heavy-handed anti-porn feminist Catherine McKinnon and Andrea Dorkin to tease out the very real violence that straight porn dramatizes and what maybe straight couples enact in phallically penetrative vaginal intercourse. Part of this is the age-old idea that to be penetrated is to be passive, and that passivity for Bersani, following McKinnon and Dorkin, ultimately is about eroticizing power differentials. Inequity is sexy? Yikes on bikes. Under this logic, Bersani writes, quote, what excites a woman is the idea of her body being invaded by a phallic master, end quote. While McKinnon and Dorkin argue that such misogynist violence shows the need to shut down porn, like all of it, burn it down, shut it all down, Bersani thinks it shows how we need more. More porn, more pleasures, more sex. Because there might be something useful in leaning into the violence of sex acts. He breaks it down on the body. He writes, quote, Let's begin with some anatomical considerations. Human bodies are constructed in such a way that it is, or at least has been, almost impossible not to associate mastery and subordination with the experience of our most intense pleasures, end quote. I find this part of his argument poorly aged because it really needs a cis-normative model of the body to work. Male has to mean penis in this construction. 
So this is where we get a bit Freudian and psychoanalytic. Penetration is passivity. Sex is about destruction and subordination. Sex is also about self-shattering in its jouissance. So the scary cultural thing about gay men willingly having self-shattering sex with other men is about inviting destruction, finding pleasure in powerlessness, and putting pressure on heteronormative models of the self and the social. The rectum is a grave because, for Bersani, quote, Male homosexuality advertises the risk of the sexual itself as the risk of self-dismissal or losing sight of the self, end quote. Selves aren't real. Or rather, there's a sexual desire to undo the self, and that scary but maybe liberating? Be gay. Destroy selves. Okay, so that's one model for thinking about anal intercourse and negativity. And it raises the questions, what if we embrace that logic of negativity? I'm not sold on the psychoanalytic underpinnings of the essay, and again, I find the cisnormative ideology and biology have really not aged well. But what if we take the overall tone of embracing destruction and having negative feelings? Halperstam's book, In a Queer Time and Place, takes seriously the ideas that queers make and use space and time differently, and sometimes in a negative or not future-minded way, and that spatial and temporal practices make queerness as well. Halperstam writes, quote, Queer uses of time and space develop, at least in part, in opposition to the family, heterosexuality, and reproduction. They also develop according to other logics of location, movement, and identification, end quote. This opens up queerness, detaching it from the body and sex per se, and allows us to think about how to lead and live in different timelines and spaces. Quote, it is about the potentiality of a life unscripted by the conventions of family, inheritance, and child-rearing, end quote. For Halperstam, queer, quote, refers to non-normative logics and organizations of community, sexual identity, embodiment, and activity in time and space. Queer time is a term for those specific forms of temporality that emerge within postmodernism once one leaves behind the temporal frames of bourgeois reproduction and family, longevity, risk, safety, and inheritance. End quote. This disavowal of capitalism, reproduction, lineage, and safety is clearly tied to the AIDS epidemic, but it isn't solely about that. There seems to be something queer in staking out a life outside of normative milestones. What kind of life can exist outside of a family? What might embracing risk mean for subjects whose future was never imagined or guaranteed in the first place? Gregoraki's The Living End might offer us a way into these questions. The Living End is like if Bonnie and Clyde were constantly drinking and also were horny HIV-positive gay men on a violent road trip with no fixed destination. There's also a plotline with a sad hetero woman in an unfulfilling relationship with a man who has little to no emotional intelligence, but what's new there? The film's an exploration of intimacy, sex, desire, and sociality when one is essentially declared dead while living. I want to linger on this one scene for a minute early on before our two leads, John and Luke, leave LA and just drift across America. It's right after their first night together, and it's breakfast, and the two are framed in this tight medium two-shot at the breakfast table. A big The Smiths poster looms behind them. Right in between them is a hot pink box of Barbie cereal. As the two talk, John proceeds to pour beer over his cereal instead of milk, and if that ain't a whole ass quarantine mood, just the vibe, sis. So here's a brief clip. So I figure this. First dollars. Maybe millions of us walk around this thing inside of us, this time bomb ticking, you know? Making our future finance. Suddenly I realize we got nothing to lose. We can say fuck work. Fuck the system. 
That line hits a bit different during a pandemic, but this is part of what Halperstam and to an extent Bersani are thinking about. Under the looming threat of things that, quote, make our futures finite, what alternatives are there? What is our relationship to capitalism, to work, to safety, to desire when there is no future? Tune in next week where we queer time travel and actually think about the future and the social slash antisocial turn in queer theory. Thanks so much. Queer Theory is my boyfriend.